podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. Thanks for listening today. And we're so excited that you are here listening to this episode with Rachel Lamb. This is a different kind of um, storyline than we usually do, but we're so excited about it. And I think you're going to love it. One of the things that we loved about our conversation with Rachel is her incredible gratitude, a gratitude that goes so deep. And I, I think that we all would agree that when we have an attitude of gratitude, it just makes everything about our life better. And that's one of the main, like a breath of fresh air I hear in her is just how grateful she is for every blessing God has given her. And she is an amazing wife and mom. She and her husband, Hang, have been married for over 25 years. And they both grew up in Cambodia. And both of them equally have been saved many times by the Lord from all kinds of physical dangers and disasters and horrible, horrible situations. And God spared their lives and miraculously brought them to safety and to each other and most importantly to Christ and that they both have wonderful daughters their daughters are Molina and Rebecca and they live in Umaga, Oklahoma and Hang is the main worker of the elite dental group he has many employees but it's his company and it's an amazing place where you can find Christian dental care that is second to none. So um, if you're actually looking for great help with your dental work, you can check that out. It's it's such a great family and such a great um, Christian practice. So yeah, one of the things she talks about that I love is she, she says that God does not promise us an easy life, but he does promise that he will carry us through it. And you're going to hear that all through her story as she talks about coming here from Cambodia and how God carried her through over and over again in such difficult, horrible times. So listen in. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Jill. We're so glad to have you. Thank you. What a privilege. It's a privilege for us to have you on this show, and you're such a delightful and sweet friend. I'm so grateful that our paths have crossed when my family moved to Owasso eight years ago, and we love your family very much and um, just appreciate you all very much. In fact, I um, this is kind of a little moment I want to tell our listeners, if you're looking for someone to take really, really good care of your family's teeth and jaw issues, you could go to Rachel's husband because he's wonderful. And <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I believe I totally agree with, with, with you on, on that. Yes. And <laughs> I'm kind of there. And I don't have headaches anymore because he helped my jaw issues and I used to have headaches all the time and he basically knew how to adjust my bite and fix it. So I'm just so, so grateful. And true story about what a, what a kind of 
the man he is in his dental practice, that when he was putting my son's braces on, he was singing a praise song, just kind of mm -hmm. under his breath, just singing a praise song to the Lord while he was putting on the braces. And I thought, this mm -hmm. is a great I love this. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, would you start our interview today with telling our listeners a little bit about you and your background, your family and your hobbies and things like that? Mm, it's my pleasure, Robin. I, um, I came to the United States in 1981. Uh, I was about 18 years old then. Um, praise the Lord, you know, often I feel like I don't deserve to be alive and to be able to get the privilege to come to this country because this country, um, you know, it's such a blessed, blessed country despite of what is going on, um, where I came from, you know, we are very poor and never had shoes to wear, that never own a toys. And I almost got killed many, many, many times. Um, mm. But yet God saw fit to save me and to bring my family here to the U.S. in 1981. Um, and that alone is so amazing how good God is and you know why he saved me and brought me here. It's um, that's, I will ask the Lord when I see him face to face. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about where you came from. I'm from Cambodia, uh, a country that is Christianity is almost non-existent, and 99.9% uh, .9 of the people believed in Buddhists, and that's the way I was raised. And um, I remember 1974 when I thought I was not going to live the the next day that I still remember as if it was yesterday that um, I had no hope left. And I looked up into the cloud and asked this, this one question. I asked, is there a God? Is there any other human outside Cambodia? Why am I going through this? Why are people you know, being persecuted, killed, and executed, starved to death. And why, I mean, I, I really did not have any understanding that there is a God or there is any other human being outside Cambodia. I mean, that's how naive I was, you know. Hmm. Mm -hmm. How old were you then? I was, I believe, I was about 14 years old during that time. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And you were just in a desperate prayer saying, is there really a God? Is there really, are you there? Wow. Are you, are you there? And, you know, just because where I was born, um, the, the way I survived was that every day I would get up and I would walk into the field to the forest, the field, looking for crab or wild vegetables or anything. That is for my food for that day. 
mm -hmm. and not have any education or not never saw a book or read the book or able to, to read or knowing or have any knowledge about the world or about anything. So that's the country that I was from. Did you, you never had a chance to go to school in Cambodia? Um, when I was about, I was giving up by my parents when I was born and I was living from place to place mm -hmm. uh, since I was born. And um, so I didn't get to go to school. Um, I was put in school for about three months when I was about seven years old and that was all the school I got. So I didn't know anything as far as the alphabet or any any kind of, any type of ed, ed, uh, education. Hmm, wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Doesn't that just put our lives in perspective in a moment, just to stop and think right. how, how grateful we must yeah. be for everything that mm -hmm. we have for our children, what they have, and the mm -hmm. opportunities that we could so easily take for granted. Oh. I'm so glad that the Lord had his hand on you and protected you through all of the, all of that uncertainty and all of those hard years. How, how did you find your way through that? How did he bring you to the United States? You know, that is, uh, that is an miracle in itself. Um, when, um, after the war, 1979, 1980, that's when I started to hear a little bit about United States. Although I didn't even know the word United States, what it really meant. Mm -hmm. But I, I overheard people say, this is the paradise. This is heaven on earth. And of course, I never had any dream or any even hope to even to come. But, you know... For some reason, um, the Lord saw fit for uh, one of the family in Minnesota, a Christian family, they were the one who sponsored us and uh, paid for the plane tickets to bring us to the United States. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, when I look back in every part of my life, I could see God's hands in every steps of the way because it just, it, it just cannot be explained. In a human way, a human perspective, it just not, it cannot happen. It cannot be real. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even now at different times, sometimes I would, forget that I am where I am and who I am. And when that moment comes, I, I literally take time to thank the Lord, even from my toilet, even, you know, I mean, I mm -hmm. have so many pairs of shoes that mm -hmm. I, I have to, you know, there's a song, you count your blessing, name them one by one. One yeah. by one, yes. Name them, 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 and, Sometimes 
I want to take the time to do that because, you know, anytime when I forget where I came from, it's easy for me to take the Lord's blessing for granted. And why do I deserve to have what I have? And why do so many people out there that don't even know where the next meals come from? And when I put my perspective in, in that way, I, you know, I told the Lord, it's not, I don't deserve what he's giving me. But yet he saw fits to bring me to where I am and to bless me to be, to have what I have. Mm -hmm. um, so much to be thankful for. And I don't want to forget. Because sometimes, to be honest with you, I forget. And when I forget, I tend to not be very grateful of where I am and what I have. Mm. Um, yeah, sometimes we just get so lost in the mundane things of the day that we forget. Yes. Mm -hmm. And to hear your story of literally being on the hunt for what to eat looking for vegetables, looking for crab, looking for anything that you could eat and literally not knowing where you were going to find food. Um, it just sounds so, sounds so difficult and, and scary. It sounds hard. And um, I just, I want to just acknowledge that you, you hung on through some really, really hard years. And um, I'm so grateful that God gave you the determination and provision to, to, you know, not give up, <laughs> not give up. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about your story. You said that a Christian family in Minnesota sponsored your family, brought you to the USA. So did you travel together with your parents to the USA when you were 18? Yes. No, when... Um, when the war broke, I was about, oh, I would say maybe between 16, 15 and 16. Mm -hmm. And another miracle was I was running for my life. This is in the middle of war. There's bombings. There's the Vietnamese soldier bombing Cambodia, um, the communists of Cambodian communists fighting against the Vietnamese in the middle of Cambodia. And I remember I was running and there's bullets everywhere, there's bombs dropping everywhere. Um, and how I stumbled into my family in the jungle, that's another amazing story in itself. It just cannot happen, Jill and Robin. I mean, what is the art of anybody run through the war in Cambodia, in the country, and run into your family. I mean, wow. it just cannot be explained. And that's what happened to me. I, I you know, I was running and, you know, when, when you, I, um, I know both of you have never experienced this, but when we are running through, the war, the war zone, the bombing, the shooting, and all, you don't care about anything, except am I going to get hit? Am I going to die the next second? Mm -hmm. And while I was going through that motion, I came 
to this jungle, which I was hiding with, from the communists, from the bomb, from the shooting and everything. For some reason, I saw my family. They were hiding, they were running as well. Hmm. So we got united in the middle of the war. Wow. And, and then, you know, I stayed with them. And then a uh, few weeks later on, we, we ran through the jungle and we came to the refugee camp that the Red Cross from the United States set the refugee camp along the borderline of Thailand. And that's how um, my dad um, put a sponsorship to the United States and this family sponsored us. And things just rolling. And I remember the first time we arrived, you know, I was, we were staying in this one room about 10 by 10 and there's eight of us in this one room. Wow. Um, we all slept on the floor, lining up on the floor. And um, this church, uh, this family that sponsored us, paid the rent of, uh, for this room for us to stay with this family. And we ate with them and, you know, and do all of that. And I remember the first time Jill and Robin, I was sitting by the window looking out in Minnesota during September. 1981, it was snowing and I was filled with confusion with what, why am I doing here and how long am I going to live? I, don't, I didn't understand any English. I don't know what to do, where to go. Didn't know anything. But you know, just looking back, just remind me about us, about who we are in Christ. How, you know, the Lord did not reveal, the Lord does not reveal the whole plans to us most of the time. Mm -hmm. He just revealed to us his plan one step at a time. And mm -hmm. before we know it, we can look back and see a whole great, wonderful picture that he allow us to go through the whole process. And that's how I looked at my life at that time until now. You know, just looking back, Jill and Robin, yeah. how yeah. in the world can a 17, 18 year old girl, you know, went through all of that, didn't know any English, didn't know any culture, didn't have a penny in my pocket, didn't even have shoes to wear, didn't have any shirt, didn't have any possession not not a thing hmm. and how could the lord help us through that whole process and now when i look back i didn't see that at that time i couldn't see even clearly even the first step but somehow some way he brought me to where i am now you, you know and, mm -hmm. and I'm not the only one. I can speak for a lot of people out there. It doesn't matter what situations they are going through. It doesn't matter they're hanging on the thread. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how dark and gloomy it is. It doesn't matter whatsoever. It doesn't matter. What matters is that our Lord somehow, somewhere, he's going to take us through that whole process at the end. Mm -hmm. We just have to keep on holding on, holding on.
because he does not promise us an easy way road, but he promised us that he'll be there with us. He'll carry us all the way. Hmm. And we all, each one of us can look back one day and say, wow, it wasn't me doing all of that. It was the Lord that carried me through mm-hmm. all of those years that now I can be where I am. And I can say, thank you, Lord, because of your faithfulness that I can be where I am now. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good. Did you meet your husband after you came to the United States? Yes, Jill. Uh, we met um, when I went to college in 1987. Um, I met my husband at a Christian conference in Kansas. Yes, that's where we met for the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would actually love to hear the story. I mean, you said just now that you met your husband at a Christian conference. So if you were going to a Christian conference, and that means that the Lord was already leading you to him or you were already walking with him. So can we back up even further? And I would love to hear how the story of how you came to Christ and how you learned about God and how he loves you. Mm-hmm. And how, um, you accepted him into your life. Yes, yes, I would love to share that. Um, the first time I saw a more like a pamphlet that because I couldn't read Khmer or any language at all, but I remember I saw a little pamphlet on the on the floor, and it has the cross. It had the cross on the outside. Mm-hmm. It, it had a lot of writing, but because I couldn't read, I, I didn't know what it was saying. But that was the first time that I noticed of that cross. And I picked it up and I kept it. And um, in the refugee camp, the Red Cross, of course, uh, set up like, uh, you know, some sort of meeting and Bible study and something like that. And that's when I started to be curious what this is all about. And because I, you know, um, I didn't get to go because my parents don't let me get out of the tent. When we live in a refugee camp, we live inside the tent. And it's not safe for me to, to get around. But I remember my dad had a friend came by and he became a Christian his friend and he shared the gospel with my dad and my dad was angry and upset and say all kinds of hurtful things to his friend so his friend said i'm going to leave this bible with you and he left and i remember my dad was so angry and upset saying you forgot your religion you forgot your people you forgot i mean he he was just upset at his friend so that ended up being curious read the whole bible and after he read the whole bible he became a christian he went to church he got baptized and everything and one day he came back home to the tent and he took all of us 
my mom and all my brothers and sisters to the church camp and we all got baptized. Oh. I was lost. I didn't understand what that meant. One? Rachel, no. you was the first one in your family to accept Christ then? No, the whole family uh, got baptized with, we were just dragged into getting baptized without receiving Christ. Oh, okay. Um, and you know, Jill and Robin, I didn't understand the process, how to be saved. Um, I just did whatever my dad told me to do. So <laughs> I got baptized and my whole family got baptized. So then when I came to the United States, I just started going to church and I thought I was saved. I thought getting baptized in the refugee camp, that was it. And no one was able to explain to me the process, how to be saved and how to become God's child. So for 15 years, I lived my life mistakenly that I was saved. But then I went to church every Sunday. I read the Bible. I did my devotion. I, I was not drinking or driving. I mean, drinking or partying. I mean, trying to do what God tell, told me to do, but not being saved. Mm -hmm. And when I went to college, 1997, I went to a Christian co co college and that still, I thought I was saved. But then when I got married in 1990, I went to this small Baptist church. That was the first time May 28, 1992, for the first time Wednesday night, I sat in the second pew on the right. Pastor Jim preached on salvation on Wednesday night. And that's when I truly got saved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I could tell a big difference. Um, before... I truly got saved. I was studying the God's word. I was doing the things that I knew best, but didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of me. I could tell that I was trying on my own in many ways. But after I got saved, that's when I start to knock on doors, sharing the gospel. My desire and my passion is totally changed. Right. Mm-hmm. So did you know English already when you came to the United States? Or is that something you had to learn along with everything else culturally that you were learning? I had to learn ABCD when I was about around 18 years old here in the United wow. States. Yes. That must have been very difficult. And, and you just, <laughs> you did it. You did it. And you even went to college too. How amazing. That's really I can't imagine starting at 18 years old, learning a brand new language right. that I'd never learned. In my well, life. I'm just imagining like a new language, a new culture, a new religion, learning all of these things all at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is, that is why all I can tell you is God was there to help me every step of the way because there's no way that can be explained. Mm -hmm. And I remember crying a lot, of course, you know, crying a lot. I mean, 
I don't I didn't understand when the teacher was talking. I made a few Fs, a few Ds. Um, when I went to college, I, of course, you know, I had all kinds of dictionaries. I read and had to open the dictionary almost every single word. It took me so many hours to just study and to making it. And that is another a miracle in itself. Yes. Because just looking back, it just, it, it looks to me like every step of my life is about God. It's about Him knowing and remind me of Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those who love Him, who are the call according to His purpose, because God had a purpose for me. And God knew exactly how He wants me and how He wants me to serve Him. He was helping me all of that at the beginning of time that I didn't even know him, just like the Bible said. We didn't know him, but he knew us. Mm -hmm. He's the one who knit us together. He's the one who knew every little bit about our hardship, our good times, our bad times. And just like you said, Robin, as long as we don't give up, there's always hope. There's always a way out. As long as we keep on holding on, because the Lord never give us up. He never and just for me, just to, you know, there's so, just give you an example. There's one time I was walking and of course this is during the war and all of a sudden there's this great big bomb, okay? Great big bomb, it dropped like, I would say like a foot away from me, right in front of me. Oh. And you know, as soon as the bomb dropped, there's, it created this great big hole like a pond. I thought immediately, I'm gone, I'm dead, I'm, I'm gone, gone. And I mean, and, uh, before that, I experienced a lot of shooting, a lot of bullets, uh, like raindrops everywhere and all of that. But Jill and Robin, I can testify, I never been hurt, not even a cut, not even a bleed, not even a drop of blood, never. Wow. Through all of the wartime, through all the calmness, through all the starvation, through all the running. And that alone is another miracle. I mean, I start to feel my skin from my head to my toes, trying to feel, see if there's any, any hole or any leg got cut off or something. Mm -hmm. Have to be something because that is just not explainable. How could I mean, I cannot even take one big step without falling to that great big hole. Mm. And how in the world that I did not even get, get hit, not even a drop, not even an inch of me, not even my hair got burned. That mm. is just, I mean, like, as I'm talking to you, I get chilled. I still get chilled every time when I look back about all of those times. And how could I not believe that there is a God that is the God that created me, a God that knew all about me, and a God that so fit to save me. Mm -hmm. There just no other way around that I cannot believe on him. Mm. Because it doesn't matter, there's so many gods out there, there's Buddhism, there's Muslim, there's so many religions out there not to look down at them, but to compare. 
every lyric and every god that is that people claim i cannot even compare or any god that can even come close to our god by not looking down at anybody's beliefs but it's just for my own belief for my own testimony for my own experience just for me how could i not believe how could mm -hmm. i not give the credit mm -hmm. because god has already written in his words he has told me he has explained things to me and i lived through it wow there's just not any way around for me to justify and say i cannot believe I just, I just, I just can't because there's nothing else that can be proven to me that there is a different God beside my Lord and my God, my Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when we went to Israel, you know, every spot that we went, I just want to sit there. I didn't want to get up. I just want to absorb everything in because through everything I experienced since I was born, all the hardship, all of the alone time, all the serving people, all the starving since even before the communists. My entire lifetime seems to be all about the hardship. Mm. And you know, you and I have experienced some sort of hardship. You may not experience the same thing that I have, but you have somewhat gone through the hardship. And you all know, everybody that's out there that are listening know that when we experience hardship, it's so hard for us to be thankful. Mm -hmm. It's so hard for us to say, thank you, Lord, for this hardship. But once the hardship is over, once we look, we live forward and we can look back when we are all doing better, we can look back. And I have to be honest with you, I cannot be where I am today without those hardships. Because those hardships was, were designed for me to be stronger, were designed for me to be able to be able to use my pain and suffering and to identify with other women. Mm -hmm. And right. I cannot be who I am today or where I am today without those hardships. Because God knows how to create me, how to bring me through others to help me to become more like him. And now I can look back and say, thank you, Lord. And I don't want to go through those things again, of course. <laughs> but, you know, it's... it's, Rachel. it's you know, that's really one of the heart reasons that we wanted to have this podcast in the first place. Exactly what you're saying. Yes. The hardships that you have been brought through and the comfort that the Lord has given you in those are now you give that same comfort to other people that are going through hardships. And this testimony today, this word of encouragement today may be exactly what someone needed to be reminded of, that mm -hmm. they are not alone and the hardship they're walking through. Yes. It has a different, a different 
uh, perspective on it, whatever their story is, but your story matters. And we can hear that it's a reminder to trust the Lord and to be able to know mm-hmm. he's with us in the hardships. Yeah. That's the whole point of this whole podcast to begin with, right? Was to share our stories because our, everybody's story matters. Yes, that's right. And I know, um, Something very special that the Lord put on your heart about around 20 years ago. And I would love for you to tell us that story, what he laid on your heart and that passion that he has in calling he's given you. And please tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Um, You know, um, I was a very shy kind of person and um, I, you know, uh, coming from the country and the place and the experience that I have had, it's really caused me to be really quiet, really shy, very um, incompetent about myself. And um, matter of fact, after three months after we got married, this is what my husband said. He said, are you going to talk to your husband? <laughs> when he said that, I was shocked. I was like, Honey, what do you mean? He said, you ha- you're not talking to me. I don't, we got, we've been married for three months and I need you to talk to me. <laughs> and what he meant was, I just kept quiet. I mean, mm. I would be so okay with not saying one word for a whole day. Mm. That was me. That, that was who I was. And when my husband said that, I thought, wow, I really do need, to change somehow, some way. Um, you know, 20 years ago, um, you know, when uh, uh, Beth Moore first got out, when she stopped to do her conference and write her Bible study book, yeah. the very first one she came out, I went to her conference. And I, I believe that was in Tennessee. <laughs> And um, my husband was graciously let me flew there and I booked the hotel, I bought the ticket, I sat at her conference. And um, with my Bible on my lap, with a notebook, with a pen, I was ready to go. I mean, I, I was so wanting to grow. And um, so that's when she was teaching on, it was on the book of Esther. Mm-hmm. And I still remember um, I was sitting on the far right and around the middle stadium. There was about a few thousand people. And all of a sudden, the message, the study that she, she spoke about really, really hit me. I mean, hit me hard. And I couldn't control myself except crying and and the Holy Spirit is talking to me. I, I talk back, back and forth, back and forth, and I was crying. So finally I thought, okay, I need to go somewhere where it's more quiet so I can cry all I need. And, you know, people around me not going to look very funny at me. So I climb up to the very, very high. I climb up to the top, the very highest seat. And so I was conversing to the Lord. I said, the Lord said, you know, you are here and I brought you here and you've been in the U.S. for this many years and you can speak English. You can understand about my word. You are growing. How about doing something for me, for the Cambodian ladies? 
And I literally told the Lord back, I said, Lord, I am just like Moses. I cannot speak. I stutter. I mean, I gave the whole long list to the Lord. I said, this and this and this. I named everything under the sun. And um, I also told the Lord, I said, I'm very shy. I cannot get up and speak. I would, I mean, I had butterflies in my stomach. I would run to the bathroom every second. Lord, how could that be? I cannot be the right person. So all of that, and um, I wrote down in my journal. And I made a promise to the Lord. I said, Lord, if you want to use me, I need your help. I need you to teach me. I need you to help me build my confidence up. And I need you to help me learn how to speak because I, I cry all the time. And I cannot share my testimony because every time I speak, I would just cry. Mm-hmm. I have so many reasons to not doing anything for the Lord except stay in my comfort zone. Going to church, study Bible, enjoy Bible study with my church ladies. Sunday school, my husband teaches. That was my comfort zone. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, that is enough. I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm, you know, do all of this. But the Lord said, I need you. I need you to do something with your people in Cambodia. And I said, Lord, I'm not the one. I'm not the one. I'm not capable. But I wrote everything the Lord talked to me in my journal. And I promised the Lord, I said, Lord, if you teach me, if you help me to be confident enough, maybe one day I will serve you in the way that you want me to. 18 years later on, every single year, the Lord reminded me saying, this is time for you to do something. And I always put it off. I always said, Lord, not this year, not now. So 18 years later on, that's when the Lord said, this is the time. Hmm. And the Lord just, just really spoke to me in such a way that I cannot get away. I would not be able to sleep. I would not be able to even, I mean, I cannot, I cannot eat. I cannot sleep. I cannot forget about the conviction that the Lord put upon me. So that was when I started to, um, do more mission with the women and for the last 23 years we must when I go Cambodia do mission work every year together and you know um, whether through meditation or gospel or do the conferences or uh, training the leaders he would do the men I would do the lady or I would take, take the kids or sometimes he would work with the sex slaves we always do it together but um, 18 years ago, that's when I started to branch out to do more uh, ministry with the women. Um, just like similar to what we are doing now, I, I would uh, get together with them. Uh, they are the leaders that lead different women. Then I would talk to them, just let them pour their hearts out and see where they're at. And then I start writing the Bible study books just to engage the Bible study study books with them heart to heart women to women because a lot of the um uh women in cambodia they don't have the resource as far as bible study books for women like we all have in the united states we are so blessed beyond we have so many materials that you and i can go to the store or go get online and there's so many resources but for cambodia women they don't have that 
So that's when I, you know, I started um, to start writing and uh, training differently uh, since the COVID-19. I've been training the, the leaders um, from here. And then in turn, they will go back to their own churches and train their own people. Um, uh, in February, before the COVID-19 hit, my husband and I went to Cambodia and we met 20 churches and we had about three to 5,000 people. And now, now I'm training all these ladies through, you know, the social media and the books that we had print. We print a few thousand books and we left it there. And now that's what I'm working on. Wow. Wow. Amazing, amazing ministry that you have just agreed to the Lord, even though, like you said, you, you could have stayed stuck in the, but Lord, not me. And I'm so inspired by you that you said, yes, Lord, you said, yes, Lord. And you're letting him use you. That's amazing. I love it. You know, you know, I, I think a lot of women can relate to what I'm saying because a lot of times we are willing, our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. Absolutely. And, and that's why it took me 18 years, you know, um, to be able to say, wow, you know, now the Lord is really saying clearly to me that now I cannot have any more excuses, um, you know, and, and you know, I'm so thankful that we serve a God that understands our, weak, our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And we never be too far and never be too deep for him to reach to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm just very, very, very grateful. He's such a patient God mm-hmm. for me. I mean, I, I gave him excuses after excuses for 18 years and only... 18 years afterward that I finally, you know, um, uh, just say, okay, Lord, uh, I'm going to take my first step. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't believe that I could do it because, you know, I'm so, I, I could not even read my language. But through serving the Lord in this way, I learned, I mean, like when I'm with the Khmer people, I just kind of stumbled trying to spell thing here and there before I know it. Now I learn I can read. I can read, but not big, big words. And like I can join with them singing like a sim- simple songs. I can, you know, just be able to participate. And that is just a God that we serve. Once we take one step, mm-hmm. he'll help us with the, with the next step you know mm-hmm. and we are so bad about coming up with every excuse for why we're not good enough to do something he asks us to do sometimes mm-hmm. yes yes we are it's um it's just one of those things especially us living in the united states we have so many things going on we are so busy but so many things and it's just so easy for us to stay in our comfort zone mm-hmm. and to make, to make this. And we wake up in the morning before we know it, 
it's bad time again and then the next day we start all over mm -hmm. you know yeah. it's um yeah that's true i just love how your story reminds me just to simply obey because mm -hmm. one and just like you said in your story it's one step at a time and if someone had told you when you were 18 years old that not only are you going to learn English, but you're going to literally be a speaker and you're going to travel to other countries and you're going to mm -hmm. read this ministry. Mm -hmm. You might've said, there's no way in the world, no way, but God had that in store for you. And I wonder what he has in store for each one of us. If we just say yes, Lord. Yes. Yes, you are exactly right. If the Lord revealed the whole picture to me 20 years ago, I can promise you, I will not do anything. <laughs> I will not even take the first step, even 18 years later on. I would not. It would be just so overwhelmed. It would be there's absolutely no way. And you know, and God knows about you and about me and about all of us out there that are listening. And that's why he just wants us to do, take one step. You know, I love this, this phrase. It says that when we answer the call, he will equip the calling. And that is exactly what the Lord has taught me that, no, I'm not going to do all of this in my own he's the one mm -hmm. i just have to answer his call and he will equip the calling and you um, know what i love in that is so how he was so patient and even though it took 18 years for you to come to that what what you felt like he called you to before he didn't let that go he just, mm -hmm. he just kept walking you through till you were ready mm -hmm. so good yes you know, we serve an awesome God, a God that is the one who created us. He knows every fiber of us. Mm -hmm. He knows all the intricates of our thoughts, of our weaknesses, of our strengths. And he knows how to manipulate and work things for our own good. So that at the end, we give him the glory so that he'll use us for his glory. And how he does that, I'm just, you know, I'm just amazed. I'm just amazed. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing story with us and the miraculous ways that God has spared your life so many times, especially like the one you shared with us about the day that that bomb went off and, and it could have killed you right that second and you didn't have a scratch on you. Like Shadrach, you yeah. and Abednego didn't mm. smell like the fire after the murder. Right. And you're just an amazing example to us today to trust in the Lord and obey him. And I just love that. I love that about your story. And I love that about our God. <laughs> that yeah. we trust him. <laughs> yes. You know, I sometimes I share with my friends or my husband, I said, I cannot even imagine life without God. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, I would not want to live. I don't care to live without God. Mm 
because he's the one that makes my life meaningful. He's the one that, that gives my life purpose. He's the one that gives me satisfactions to live. Mm-hmm. And especially now more than ever before, you know, um, study the book of Re- Revelation and, and seeing what from the beginning of the book of Genesis all the way how he asked us to be waiting for him and to see and to watch and to look and, you know, mm-hmm. more than ever be, be, be before that we, we, we really need to re-examine us and that's what I have been doing lately that, um, you know, I just get to the point where the Lord, one day soon, we're going to see him face to face and nothing will matter except what we've done for the Lord and what what we are doing now for him, for the glory of the Lord. Mm. And, you know, I I guess the, the, the older I get and the, the longer I live and the more I see, I just, I just get more and more now, get to the point where I just, you know, why would the Lord bless me to have everything I ever have? You know, mm. sometimes I had to ask myself this, this question. I said, Lord, you, you know, I used to not even have shoes to wear. I never owned a toy in my entire life. And when I came to the United States, you know, I didn't even have, excuse me for saying this, but I, I didn't even have a pad when I had my period. Mm. I just used like rag as a pad. Mm. And I remember I was wearing boys' clothes and I was spit at, I was mocked at, I was, people put gum in my hair because I, I, wear, I wore the same clothes and I wore boy jean and boy shirt. And I didn't even know that there's such thing as a boy shirt and a girl shirt. I thought shirts are shirts, pants are pants, shoes mm-hmm. are shoes, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, just looking back, I, you know, I, I came from a jungle. I mean, that's literally, that's what it is. But for me to even now, to see how God gave me a nice house, a nice car to drive, I have at least 20 pairs of shoes. And, you know, I mean, it just, it's just beyond. I mean, it's beyond. Mm-hmm. Beyond me even to imagine, to even imagine that one day, how could, how could it be possible that God allowed me to be blessed where I am? Mm-hmm. That alone is, is just not possible. You know, it's just not possible. How could a boy from the jungle and a young girl from the jungle, like my husband and I, mm-hmm. to be where we were and to, to, to be where we are now? All I can say is that it has to be the Lord. It has to be him who's alone, who see fits, and who has the power to do all it possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because as alone, we are human, we are in the flesh, our capability is so limited. You know? Mm-hmm. Even to run through, like some of you have read my husband's book, 
he ran through the bullets like me. My husband had never got hit, not even once. Tell us the uh, title of your husband's books that he's written. Um, the title is My Journeys to, Par to Paradise. And the second book was Returning uh, to the Killing Field, I think. Um, yes, I think that is the second one. Um, but just everything about our lives, you know, it points to our Lord, our Creator, mm -hmm. the one who caused all things to happen. And, right. you know, yeah. We are so grateful for you, for your willingness to share your story. It's going to mean so much to a lot of people. I think sometimes being in America, we often forget we have our first world problems that not to say that they're, they're not problems, but we forget sometimes that there's a whole other world out there that people are looking for food mm -hmm. to get hit by bullets. Like it's a, we have, we need to keep our eyes open in a world in a way that, that we're looking at the world, not just here. Mm -hmm. Rachel, yes. thank you so, so much for your time and your vulnerability and your willingness to tell us your wonderful story today. We appreciate you and we pray that God blesses you in your ministry and lets you continue to see him use you in amazing ways. Thank you so very much. Well, thank you for the privilege and I pray and hope that all the listeners will be blessed and that uh, to remember that we serve an awesome God, mm -hmm. that God loves you so much. Your problem can never be too big or too far or too deep for him to save you and to rescue you. May God bless you all. Thank you. Everybody, what an amazing story Rachel shared with us today. Oh my goodness, I'm so thankful that she came on Afraid Not. One of the things that I'm just taking with me today as a reminder and as a truth to, to meditate on that, that God is going to equip whatever He calls me to do. He's going to equip me to do that. Just like He equipped Rachel with the calling of this amazing Cambodian ministry that she and Hang have together. And the fact that we can trust in God makes everything we face, all the hardships we go through, we can just see how He truly will bring us closer to Himself through those hardships and we can trust Him. He will give us what we need and He's with us. And um, if you want more of their story, I would recommend you check out Hang's books. They are wonderful. I've read the first one. His books, are again, are My Journey to Paradise and Returning to the Killing Fields, and it's by Hang Lim, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. We would love for you to review our show. We'd love to hear what you all like, what you want us to add, or whatever, and we just appreciate the listenership, and we will see you back in a few weeks. Have a great day, everyone. Bye.